0: i Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Today we're talking with Aaron Moinster about muzzleloading competitions, specifically getting into muzzleloading shotgun competitions as they happen uh, at the National Muzzleloading Rifle Association in Friendship, Indiana. Aaron is a lifelong muzzleloading enthusiast. He started shooting muzzleloaders at the age of four and has found his way to muzzleloading shotgun competition I think he enjoys it primarily because of the variety and the camaraderie that he finds within it. It's a really interesting conversation, I think, about a niche within a niche here in muzzleloading. Um, I learned a lot through the discussion. I've been hanging around Aaron quite a bit here lately, trying to soak up some of the muzzleloading shotgun knowledge. So I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: My name is Aaron Moissner. I am an NMLRA member. I've been shooting muzzleloaders since I was four years old. Um, My grandpa Really started building offhand rifles and uh, built all of his uh, all of his daughters one, all of his grandkids one. and then he noticed that I was really starting to uh, starting to take a fond liking to the black powder uh, lifestyle, and built me another one. And I've been shooting down at Friendship since I was ooh seven. I think I was shooting down there at Friendship when I was seven or eight. That's awesome. And but I've been shooting black powder muzzleloaders since I was, I couldn't even hold the end of the barrel out. My dad <laughs> held the end of the barrel and he just said, align these sights the best you can and pull the trigger. And as soon as I got that smell in my system, I was ready to load it up again, man.
0: You were you're into it at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there was not no stopping me at that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so your, your family then, you had had some family involvement in it before you came along
1: oh yeah so um we were part my grandpa was part of the pequana muzzleloaders club which okay. was which was out of jay county indiana um and first saturday of the month all the time every every month on that saturday we, he'd, he'd pick me up and we'd go shoot muzzleloaders um the muzzlers were so tall he had to he had to bring a stump with me so that way he could, I could stand on that stump just to load the muzzle <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That's so my amazing. grandpa, my grandpa built, I think it was a total of 36 offhand muzzleloaders. Um, and honestly, my, my mom, she comes down to friendship um, and she still shoots the same muzzler that he built her. I think we did the math this year. It was like 40 years ago he built that muzzler and she's still she's still knocking the X's out of the targets.
0: Man, that's incredible. I yep. love hearing that you're holding on to that family history like that. That's so important.
1: Yep, yep. It's, it's always uh, it's something that people, you know, we're we're we can't control how our, t- how our lives kind of go, yeah. but we're just kind of, we're, we're keepers of the past, you know, we're just going to keep this while, as long as we can, but then we pass it on to the next generation the best that we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a sentiment I hear it echoed, uh, you know, through a lot of the folks I talk to and, and a lot of people I hang out with, you know, just in muzzleloading, that's something that always comes up is, uh, you know, what, regardless of your interests, you know, we're all kind of the, the, stu- the stewards of, of history in the past there, like you put it.
1: Yep. Yep. We yeah. got to keep it up, keep it moving. Yep.
0: So you, you kind of got started there in, in, offhand, uh, you know, just kind of really core traditional muzzleloading competition, just shooting offhand like that. Uh, what's your current focus? Are you still shooting that offhand or are you working into something different?
1: So I, I really got hot and heavy into the offhand guns, just like many of thousands of people that have shot muzzleloaders they get into the offhand guns they get into the traditional style of shooting um and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that i still love to shoot my offhand gun i still shoot some local competitions with it every now and then um but i have really um kind of converted myself um to the shotguns Mm. so i shoot muzzleloading trap um muzzling shotgun trap um skeet um, sporting clays and then of course quail walk down at friendship
0: nice nice so w- what draws you to the the competition side of things are you are you naturally competitive or are you just always trying to improve on what you did the last time you were out
1: um i think it's definitely that you know you're only as good of a shooter as your competition is mm. so if you if i can shoot in my backyard and i'm doing pretty good by myself i may think well i'm I'm the best there is out there. But then you start getting yourself around other people that are, um, doing even better at even longer distances, harder birds, different lows, different shotguns, you know, it, it makes you a better shooter and a better competitor, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that I'm a competitive person. I mean, everybody loves to win. I mean, right. but, but, a but a bad day of shooting is better than a good day anywhere else in my mind. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I I love I love the the camaraderie of shooting with other people, um, whether we're just competing together, whether we're competing together or really just hanging out on the range, burning some powder.
0: Yeah, that's something I I really enjoy about watching the shotgun matches at friendship. Yeah. I, like to go down there in the evenings because there's not a whole lot going on, you know, shooting wise, but the shotgun ranges are lit. And so you can go down there and watch. And uh, it's always fun to to see as you guys walk back to the loading benches, you know, there's some, some goofing, you know, back and forth. There's some razzing about how the rounds are going. Um, you know, it, it's very serious once you get out there, you know, and you get posted up waiting for the bird, but there is kind of that, you know, family, Of other shooters there that you're spending Time with I think is just really nice To see
1: yeah it we Have an absolute blast I'm I'm very um, biased On my feelings towards Ranges I've loved every range that I've Shot on but so far the Shotgun line is just A family Um, From everybody every Aspect even the most competitive shooter Out there Mr. Matt McGraw He is the nicest person Out there and you can talk to him or anybody at any point in the day, the the serious time is about four seconds to five seconds before they get set up on a station and and holler pull for that bird. But before after that, we all raz each other and have an absolute blast. And um, it really is a family down there on the on the trap line. Obviously the obviously every shooter has a family in each one of their ranges, but but you really feel like you're one of you're one of us when you're down on the trap line. Even if you like you said, even if you're not a competitor, you're down there just watching the night matches like Calcutta and doubles and single barrel five stand, you just feel like a warm welcome, I th- I I think, going yeah, into it.
0: Absolutely. So muzzle loading shotguns, I have found, are kind of a whole universe of themselves because there's so much depth. There's a lot of depth on just the traditional side and then you look at what has happened in the 20th and now the 21st century when it comes to muzzleloading shotguns. There's just an incredible amount of depth there. Can you tell me a little bit about muzzleloading shotguns and a little bit about the variety that's out there?
1: There yeah, there's there's really something for everybody when it comes to the shotgun line. Um, we've got so many people. Um, I know that Jody Baxter, um, he shoots a, a, a lot. I think a majority of his guns are under hammers, mm-hmm. under hammer shotguns. Um, Matt McGraw builds under hammer shotguns and competes with one. He, um, then you can go from under hammers to I've seen several side slappers um, and that are either over or under. They they can be single barrel. Um, I've seen several inline per se in the in the actual technical term of an inline. Um, I, I personally shoot an over under Vic Beeson built inline um, 12 gauge. Um, down to I mean we have everything for even for the truest purest traditionalist we have flintlocks that are flintlock we have flintlock championships. We have double barrel flintlock side by sides, original guns from that old century that when you compete in those matches, you must have an original, you know, 1800s flintlock or percussion shotgun that are only going to compete in that match. So there is a vast variety of everything that's shot down there.
0: I think aside from the night matches, just because it's cool to see the black powder going off at night, (laughs) the originals matches are some of my favorite as well, because you see what many people would consider to be wall hangers or art pieces or museum pieces going through a brutal, like 50 to 100 bird match. And it's just amazing to see them. Going through that marathon, you know you have yep. a, you have a two hundred year old gun that's shooting right alongside newly built race guns. It's just and incredible, not,
1: and not just shooting like against them. I mean, whooping them. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> an amazing job. I mean, so uh, I mean it's a little more technical terms here, but no, I mean, let's get into it. Matt Matt McGraw shoots an eight bore original shotgun. OK, so when he loads that eight bore, he's loading that to have the same speed as his modern shotgun. Jeez. Even though it's 200 or 100 and some years old, he is still loading that gun the way that they would have loaded it back in the day to put food on the table. It's 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 remarkable. And, and like I said, awesome. Not, not just not just not just shooting it just to shoot it. I mean, he is shooting it mean, and winning crushing. I mean the 50 bird or there's an original champion, original gun championship match. That's I believe it's 50 birds. And if I recall correctly, I think he hit 50 for 50. If not, he might've dropped one bird, but I think he ran that match with his original gun. Man. That's Absolutely. just cool. It's
0: crazy. <laughs> When you said you had a a Vic Beeson conversion, talk me through that a little bit. What did that shotgun start out as, and what did you do, or what did you have done, to turn it into a muzzle loading shotgun? Because that's something that I'm running into talking about some of the competitive side of muzzle loading shotguns is is immediately what people go to, which is very understandable. Is a, a side by side double barrel shotgun, or or yep. a single barrel you know, percussion shotgun or a fouling piece of some kind, but there's yeah. a lot more variety once you get into this space.
1: Yeah. Which I've never even touched on the fowler side. That's, that's, that is a side of the shotguns that I, I've never played with and I've never um, really had a burning desire to play with, but we have many Fowler's down there that shoot on the, on the trap range. Um, but when it comes to like, it's not really a conversion per se. I mean, it is a, it isn't actually made to be a a a, a loading shotgun. So what he did is mine mine per se exactly is a Remington eight seventy barrel. Okay, it's um, that he has put a breech plug in, and he made a stock to go on that, and converted the whole. I guess it would be converted sort of in the action side. He took. He machined out the back end of it, made it to where it has a plunger and a spring, put a plug in the back of that Remington barrel, and it's got a number 11 cap, and mine's a 12-gauge, and I'm shooting ounce and an eighth of 3F Go-X and an ounce and an eighth even of seven and a half shot.
0: Hmm. Are you running any kind of choke on the front end?
1: Yeah, it's it's choke full for trap.
0: Okay. Now, gotcha. it's not
1: it's not a screw-in choke. Right. It's it's a
0: fixed choke. Fixed but, choke, okay. Yep, yep. So somebody out there with, you know, the parts for a modern shotgun could yep. go through that process and turn that into a muzzle loading shotgun in this in that kind of manner. Not that it would be necessarily to the same level of Mr. Beeson Correct. here, but it's still you know, that that's kind of the process that's happening.
1: Yep, which what Exactly I mean yes, you could do that 100%. you could take yourself an 870 barrel um, tap the end tap the breech of it and put a plug in and put your not a, not a plug that's not the right word I want to use but tap the rear end of it, put a breech back there basically mm-hmm. for a number 11 cap and that receiver is all machined out in the back and it is it is all put together with a plunger and a spring. With a back screw, and it shoots phenomenal. But actually, <laughs> anybody would anybody could do that with machinist skills. But Matt McGraw, so Vic Beeson, um, he was out of the Indianapolis area, and has since passed. I think he passed probably, I'd venture to say, eight eight or nine years ago, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matt McGraw um, is actually making those. Duplicates. I mean, they are the exact same gun, um, still using those 870 barrels, still using the same, similar stock pattern. um, And people are having phenomenal luck with them. I mean, very good, very good um, performance out of them.
0: Right. To, to circle back a little bit here, you know, for somebody that might not be familiar with the shotgun competitions, especially at the NMLRA, when you're talking about shooting trap with these muzzle-loading shotguns, you're, that's just your typical trap, like you would shoot with a modern shotgun, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just the same thing.
1: Yep. So we have, at Friendship, we have um, 10 yard, 16, 20 yard, and then with our lovely brand new um, field that we have down there the trap range that we have absolutely i think we are going to be putting a 27 yard match in for muzzleloaders that we're going to be shooting muzzleloading shotguns at 27 yards um all of our matches are um 15 birds to 20 birds there are some specialty matches like we have the um um jeff heimlich match it's the jeff heimlich memorial um it's a it's a 20 bird match you shoot 10 birds at 16 yards if you shoot 17 if you hit seven or more of those birds you move back to 20 yards and shoot the remaining 10 birds on that match at 20 yards so if you shoot six or less then you stay at 16 yards
0: Ah, okay
1: so that's a, uh, that's kind of a specialty match that we have down there, but yeah, we shoot 10 yards, 16 and 20 yards. People are often m- baffled that are not in, that don't go to a friendship or don't shoot muzzleloading shotguns. They say, you shoot, you shoot trap with a muzzleloader. Like, how long does that take? <laughs> like, well, I mean, yeah, it's not your, it's just not a quick five minute match, you know, yeah. but. You, you load up your gun, you put your powder, your overpowder wad, your cushion wad, your shot, your overshot wad. You walk out there to the station that you're on respectfully and you call for the bird. You shoot the bird, you come back, you load it up again and you do it 14 or 19 more times. <laughs> right. It, and so. it's, a,
0: it, it sounds, you know, it sounds like it might be slow, but. The efficiency of everybody there is is really incredible, both the the range officers and the, the guys throwing the birds and, and how that works, as well as the shooters. I mean, it's just constant motion, which I think for me is part of the fun of watching it is just, just everybody's just going all the time. Um, yep. It's to me like coming from the competition side for muzzle loading there's a lot of that head game when you go back to the bench to load but it's it's one thing when you're on like the pistol line or the bench line or the offhand line it's a totally other one when you're walking by everybody that you're competing with or against Go back to your loading bench and you have (laughs) that extended loading process i mean it's just incredible
1: we uh we kind of call that the the squirrel start talking in your head yeah okay you you start you start getting up there and you're thinking, Man, I've I've hit I've hit fourteen out of fourteen or I've hit thirteen. You know, I've hit fourteen out of fifteen of this match. I got one more shot left. Well, if I hit this shot, well, I've just ran this fifteen bird match. That's that's great. Then all of a sudden you start thinking and thinking and yep. thinking. So yeah. The squirrels start talking to you a little faster when you're down there and you know, you're not just Not saying that the pistol line or the rifle line it's it's easy. No, no. But 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 you're not walking twenty feet after every shot to say, Okay, I hit that bird, that was perfect. Okay, now I need to load this up and don't forget your powder and don't forget (laughs) your shot and then walk out there and then okay, well what station did I just shoot? Well, what station am I on now? Okay, okay, now I'm ready. Okay, now it's yellow pull. Okay, now now make sure you follow through and make sure you get this, you know, it's there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. But speaking of like speed, I mean, we our championship in the fall is a hundred birds, a hundred birds with a muzzleloader at sixteen yards, and uh, a really good buddy of mine, Brandon Smith. I think w- we start that that championship match at eight a.m. And if I remember right, he'll probably tell me that I was totally wrong. But if I remember right, he shot a hundred birds starting at eight a.m. And it took them till I think 1230 to finish a hundred birds, man,
0: that's a marathon. I don't care what you're shooting. If you're shooting that long. Wow.
1: Yep. Guys can shoot, guys can shoot doubles in that match. You can shoot a double barrel. So obviously that cuts your walking time down by, by half. Cause you can go out there, and shoot two shots instead of one. Um, but, but I mean, still eight, or 100 100 birds shooting from 8am until 12:30 just after lunch i mean and and obviously i think he did take maybe a couple 5 minute just sit down breathers but it's still has, like you said it's a marathon man yeah.
0: endurance is the name of the game yeah. when you're doing that jeez yeah.
1: Mentally and in that stance, physically, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially
0: um, if it's well, a warm one down there, you start sweating, and that's a whole nother game.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, especially in, yeah, because you know, June's never really a nice, cool. Well, I guess, I guess this year, was it this year we had a nice, cool June, but chances are it's usually about 105 yep. uh, with 100% humidity, and <laughs> you got a you got 100 birds. <laughs> So it's a lot, but it's always fun. We always enjoy, you know, razzing each other. And I'm going to forget Matt McGraw missed his first bird. I think this was last year or two years ago. Don't quote me on that, but he shot his first bird and missed, ran the next 99 straight. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I mean, like you want to say to yourself, like, that's pretty impressive, 99 straight, but. I think I'd kind of rather miss the last one than the first one. <laughs> I don't know. You I just had know. to get tuned in. <laughs> so what are your,
0: some what are some of the favorite matches that you enjoy when you're you are shooting with a muzzle loading shotgun? We'll get into some of the non-competition stuff a little bit later, but I, I'm really interested in the competitive side at the moment.
1: Yeah, so I think competitiveness competitiveness wise when it comes to hmm, when it comes to the trap line, I think that there's a, there's a real serious camaraderie when it comes to that Jeff Heimlich match. Mm. Jeff Heimlich meant a lot to a lot of people down there, um, Brian Farmer and Blake Hamilton and Colt Doster. And Lloyd Smith, and he meant he meant a lot to a lot of these people that still shoot on that trap line, and that's a that's a pretty serious match. People get real. I mean, we have we always have a good time. It's always fun. I mean, there's always talking and chit chat going on, but people really we really all take a take a really big heart to that to that match. Yeah. Um. But man, like the fun wise of it, and I love going to back across the creek at friendship. And jumping on the sporting clay's range, and and quail walk. I mean, there's just there's no place that I know of in, in the world that has a quail walk range like we have down there at Friendship.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I've not heard of, of one like it. Could you describe that a little bit for for the listeners that may yeah, have not yeah. have attended?
1: So so the quail walk range, it's a it's a ten bird, it's a ten bird match. Um, it, no matter what match you get into, you still get the same birds. Um, so there might be a single barrel match. There might be a flintlock match. There could be a a doubles match. Then you've got, you even go into like report pair doubles. So you shoot, you yell, pull. When that first bird comes out, you shoot. The next bird goes on the report of your gun. So you'll yell, pull. Bird comes out, bang. The next bird comes out, bang. Wow. Then you've got then you've got true pairs to where when you yell pull, both birds come out at the same time. So those are those are the separate matches that they have down there amongst many more. But at the quail walk range, there's there's a line that you you walk into a woods, to a wooded section, and there's a line on the ground. You start at that. There's two lines, actually. I should rephrase that. There's two lines on the ground. You start at the first line and you walk towards the next line, and you don't yell pull as your foot crosses that second line. The bird comes out just as you would if you were actually hunting. You know, you don't, you're not going to be on a hunt and yell pull and the quail <laughs> flies out. Unfortunately, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Right. But, So when you're as you're walking on the quail walk, you walk your foot crosses that line. The trap thrower sees your foot hit that orange line and throws the bird. Hmm. So it's it's I would venture to say it's as close to a hunting scenario as you could get.
0: Right. It's a little bit. uh, It's been described to me as like a shotgun woods walk kind of thing.
1: Exactly. There's there's two stations. Or four birds because there's two birds per station. There's two birds in, or there's four birds in the woods. So there's two stations in the woods. The other uh, eight, no, what am I doing? Four. There's two, one, two, three, yeah. The other four stations are outside of the woods, and those are, are those are you you call for the bird as you would normally by yelling pull or however your sign is to get the the bird called Hmm. but the birds are they are not trap birds they are very hard very challenging they have rabbits and (laughs) we call we call one a mosquito (laughs) because it's flying about mm, 25 30 feet in the air and it is hauling the mail (laughs) I mean, it is flying across that sky and it's only about the size of, I'd probably say it's probably a two or three inch size, uh, diameter bird and it is flying. So they've got the flying mosquito back there that gets a lot of people. Um, but no, for for fun, I mean, and and even competition. I mean, I guess not to toot my own horn here, a, no, blind, toot, squ- toot away. a, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, but the in the june shoot of this year i was blessed to to win the the quail walk championship back there and it was amazing it was a blast it was the first time that i've really really dedicated some time to shoot the quail walk and that is definitely an underrated course back there
0: that's awesome man i did not know that you that you won that in in, there that's congratulations dude yeah
1: thank you that's no small feat it was it was kind of neat i was on the last station and uh I it's ten bir- it's ten birds, five, five stations, and I had ran nine straight and I was getting ready to shoot my last bird, and my last bird was that mosquito flying through there and I missed it. Huh. And I turned around and they were like, Well, congratulations. And I was like, Congratulations. Like, I'm sure somebody else here dropped one. And they said, Nope, in all the shoot-offs you had to hit eight so you actually won it the 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 station before
0: <laughs> <laughs> before you even so, got to the mosquito
1: before i even got to the hardest target i had already won it but nobody had told me that so they let me go through that whole thing i dropped <laughs> one bird and they said congratulations so oh, that's it awesome was, it, it was fun it's always a good time whether you whether you're winning or you're not it's still fun yeah. birding better down there
0: absolutely uh, you you said in that run there that the birds aren't trap birds you know for somebody like me who's not necessarily as experienced in the shotgun side of things are you talking about the flight path or the physical bird there
1: so actually a little bit of both okay so there there's several different types of clays there's um rabbits which are which are probably about mm, four or five inches four probably four inches in diameter but they're really thin and, or yeah, they're pretty thin, so they can roll them on the ground at at, at pretty fast speeds. Um, then you've got um, midis, M-I-D-I, midi birds, um, and those are just smaller than the regular sized trap birds. So they throw different sizes and dimensions, I guess I should say, of those of the clay targets, but they're not throwing them in the traditional, you know whatever that degree is of a bird at that speed that you would see on the trap field okay so you might have a bird going from left to right 20 feet out in front of you I mean going stupid fast um, so it may not be just a simple simple up and up and flying bird right not just that the trap birds are simple but yeah you're also. It's just a different just a different style of shooting and um, following through and leading oh my gosh I mean you could you could have a whole TED talk on leading, right. a, leading a bird. <laughs> I mean when you when you lead a bird on the trap range, you may lead it a, a, a foot to up to three foot maybe when I'm when I'm back there on the quail walk or on sporting clays, obviously on skeet range, I might lead a bird eight foot. I mean, Jeez. just I mean it's just it's just crazy, and that takes a lot. It takes a lot for some people that don't normally shoot those matches, whether it's with a shot, muzzleloading shotgun, or a modern shotgun, to go from trap to go shoot sporting clays. I mean, it's it's a big it's a big difference. I mean, they say that you're not supposed to quote unquote aim a shotgun right you, know, you you point a shotgun but i don't care what you say i still per se aim my bead where i'd want that shot to go and like i said i might lead a bird seven to nine feet i mean it's really it's it's yeah it's it's different and then not only not only lead that bird you know you need to get your get your peripheral vision salt your soft focus kind of on that bird Lead the bird, pull, bang. Your d- gun goes off, and then continue to follow through and lead that bird. I mean, it's there's a lot that goes to shotgun clay sports, not just involving the muzzle loading side. Mm-hmm. Just in general. so, on top of you know, I would I don't think my gun shoots the twelve hundred feet per second that the standard modern twelve gauge shell shoots, but. I mean, it's, it's a lot, Yeah. a lot that people don't, I mean, everybody has their, their game that they want to play. I mean, there's a lot to shooting 500 yards on the long range line also.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, there's, there's a lot to every sport, but there's, it's, it definitely takes a, a learning curve. (laughs) I mean, so if I shoot trap for one day on Monday of the of the week long junior spring or junior September shoot if I shoot trap on Monday and I'm shooting really good and then I go back and I shoot sporting clays on Tuesday my first match of sporting clays is not even going to be worth putting in the score mark, <laughs> score book <mark>.
2: because
1: <And laughs> I am so used to shooting trap right that it's it's a different ball game. Right, even
0: though it's it's the same it's the same muzzle loader, kind yeah. of the same targets, you know, they are yeah. they are clays, but yeah. it's that much of a of a change that you have to get reoriented when you go to that next game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's a, it's a it's just a different ball game. Yeah. And and not that it's not that it's like drastically, oh my gosh, it's going to take me 3 days to get ready for this match. Right, no, right. You just it's just a different muscle memory. It's just a different, you know, your eyes are focused in a different spot and you're it's just it's just different. But it's all it's all fun and games. It's all we're all having a good time. And obviously I've got several people down there that watch me shoot and help me and say, Hey, well, I don't know what you were doing, but you're two foot behind it and you need to be four foot in front of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so You kind of get some helped.
0: coaches from the peanut gallery there. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody helps everybody, and a lot of people are very grateful for that.
0: Yeah. So when when shooting these matches, and we can kind of go back to trap here a little bit because I think it, it might be the, the kind of uh, shooting that more people are familiar with here. Do you notice uh, it being more difficult to follow up maybe on a second bird because of that black powder smoke? Um.
1: I would, depending on the match and I mean, to kind of go into a little more detail on the matches when we, when I shoot doubles. So I love to shoot doubles. Doubles night matches are some of my favorite, which that all doubles night matches is is obviously you have to have a double barrel. Mm -hmm. And when the birds come out of the trap house, and they're in the same spot every time. They come out with the same flight, same speed, same pattern every time. And in those situations, the the black powder smoke does not get to me personally. It may get to other people. Obviously, the wind can change anything at any time down there. Yeah, um, but it does not affect um, me personally because I'm shooting one bird. And then the other bird is in a totally different offset okay. of, my, of my stance. So I can see that second bird just fine in, a, in a, the doubles night matches. Now, when we go to a match like Calcutta, the birds might, we, we threw a, a bird. We, well, you might as well call that bird, the nightmare bird, because when I, sh- when, when you called for the first bird, and this is a true doubles situation to where when I yell pull, both birds are thrown at the same time. So when I shot, shot the first bird, it was right in front of me. Well, that's great. We can crush that first bird. But that second bird is coming right into my smoke from shooting that first bird. Uh. And you have to wait. And, I mean, that bird might be three foot off the ground before you can see it. It was... Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. But, you know, I like I like hard birds. Mm-hmm. I like hard. I like I like difficult situations like that. I mean, I love to see anybody shoot great. I, I do. Like Jeff Nunn was on fire down there shooting this year. I think he I don't know if he dropped maybe two or three i'm a 20 bird calcutta match Man. if anybody has watched our calcutta matches they are not easy but that's a great score i love seeing a 17 or 18 be the high score you know i don't want just an easy oh well we're gonna have five shoot-offs because we had five people hit all the birds right i want i want to see the tough birds i want to see the ones that are screaming 40 mile an hour coming right at me and then you got another one that's coming off to the side from a left to right angle you know i those are the birds that make you a better shooter you know shooting, shooting easy birds all day is not going to build your skill like i see you always have these guys which there's nothing wrong with that i'm not If you're outside shooting, having fun, teaching, and being safe, God bless you. I love it. But you see guys that are out in their backyard, and the trap is two foot in front of them, and they got a 12-gauge, and they're they're shooting birds, and they're hitting every single one. Well, that's great. I mean, you're going to hit every single one. That's phenomenal. But step back. Step back 30 feet Mm -hmm. and see if you can keep on doing that. I mean, that's... If you can keep on doing that, then you're building your skills. i mean, if you're hitting every single bird, then obviously you need to challenge yourself to to have a little different situation yeah so i love I love building on my skill i am I am not the best shooter, nor do I ever plan to be the best shooter because I hope that the birds keep on getting harder, and I keep on growing,
0: yeah. So yep. on that note, is there much of a crossover in the skills uh, from shooting a muzzleloading shotgun to modern shotguns because I know y- you and other folks out there shoot, you know, just a modern trap match now and then. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I don't I don't think that the skill is any different. You still have to you still have to have your your stance, your follow through, your lead. You still have to have you still have to know what your sight picture per se if if you want to call that, yeah. the the bead and the orange dot you know yeah. a sight picture but you still need to know when to pull the trigger the only difference between modern and and black powder is 100% speed now can you load your your black powder gun to have a similar speed 100% i know that um, Matt McGraw, he shoots a he shoots an eight gauge, and he swears by an eight gauge because he says if he if you shoot, uh, I'm 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 99% sure this is what he says. This is this is his load, but he says if you shoot an eight gauge with with ounce and three ounce and five eighths of powder, and ounce and five eighths of shot, even you're going to get a similar speed to your modern gun. Hmm. So he says that like, a, like a 10 gauge or a 12 gauge, it's almost impossible to get this, the same speed for a modern gun. So he he shoots, oh my gosh. I think he, he told us down there in the fall that he shot 10,000 rounds just to practice just for practice for the fall shoot
0: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> and that is not even a, probably a close exaggeration i think he literally shot i would let's lowball him it may have been 8000 but i know that he shot at minimum 8 000 to 10000 rounds practice just for the fall shoot championship man but he but, now I, I don't know if that was with his modern gun or with his black powder gun..
0: Ah, but, okay.
1: but but either way, he has his black powder gun, the speed of his of his shot is the same as his modern gun.: So
0: he can use he, them interchangeably. You know, in that sense.
1: 100 percent. And he builds his stock around for his black powder gun. He builds his stock around his modern gun. So the weight, the feel, the swing, all of that is the exact same as his modern gun. (laughs) I love that. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, just like on every range, there's a lot of science and math that goes into making the best black powder shotgun, just like it does with, you know, slug gun and... And the long range line and pistols. I mean, everybody makes it as no nonsense as possible, and it it, it does not stop at the trap range.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, do you figure that that Matt is looking at it as he needs the diameter of that eight gauge or that yep. or that eight bore you're talking about to be able to get yep. enough in there?
1: Yep. Okay. I mean, you can. If I'm following that correctly. Yeah, yeah, you can shoot ounce and five eighths or ounce and three quarters. I, I, I would say, reasonably safe, because obviously safety is key for everything. Absolutely. Uh, out of out of the twelve gauge. Now you're gonna know it went off. I mean, you <laughs> have some ridiculous <laughs> recoil, but that's where the eight bore comes in. Okay. When you shoot eight gauge bore, however you want to, however you want to call it, but mm-hmm. um, that eight gauge, he can load that thing up with. Man, I, I know that during, his, during the shootoffs when he, we were shooting back there at, like, 27 yards, I think he was putting, like, two and a quarter ounces even in that. Man. I mean, you knew the gun went off. Yeah. And he's not chipping birds. He is disintegrating <laughs> birds at 27 yards. I mean, there's there's no question of, did, well, did he, did, he, did he nick that? Right? The, nope. The no, bird is just gone. gone. It's gone. So, I mean, you, 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 you try to knock them, but when the birds are breaking, you kind of just got to say, yep, I guess that works, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: That's fascinating. I love that kind of scientific or, you know, ha- home shop science, however you want to look at that aspect yeah. of muzzleloading competition, because yeah. you're really getting down into this is what I have to work with. Everything has to go in from the muzzle. This is the ignition source that I have, and what yeah. can I do to optimize this 150, 200 year old loading system? <laughs> because nothing <Yeah>. has changed.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're still shooting the same stuff. I mean, go, I'm shooting Go X3F, I'm shooting uh, Mike Eaters with Flintlocks LLC. I'm shooting his wads. I'm shooting I'm shooting homemade shot. I mean my shot does not look perfectly spherical. I mean it, I would my shot probably wouldn't be able to run through a um, mech um, reloader for shotgun shells cuz it's not that perfectly round. But I'm shooting it in a muzzle loader. You know there's no we don't have any shot cups. We don't have <laughs> I mean, we're just putting this lead right against the bore, and we're pulling and praying that that god's <laughs> with us to break the birds <laughs> pulling know? and
0: praying i love that
1: <laughs> yeah it's just it's it is what it is but we're just down there just to try to break as many birds as possible and have a good time doing it
0: This podcast is brought to you by Thor Bullets. I've talked about Thor Bullets for over a year now, and uh, and I'd like to thank them again for their sponsorship. I have since, in this amount of time, went out and tested these bullets on my range. I have not gone hunting with them, but in my penetration testing and my accuracy testing with my CVA Acura LRV2, I have to say that the Thor hammer bullets, size to my bore for that Acura do a phenomenal job. I have sub one inch groups at 100 yards if I do what I'm doing. Uh, right with the rifle. Uh, Really can't speak highly enough of these bullets. I I think you should try them, not just because they're supporting the show, but because they are performing really well in the tests that I am doing. Check out Thor Bullets. This podcast is brought to you by Muzzleloader Magazine, the publication for traditional black powder shooters. Since 1974, Muzzleloader has been the leading magazine devoted to traditional black powder hunting and shooting. Each issue is jam-packed with articles on hunting, shooting, gunsmithing, do-it-yourself projects, living history, American history, book and product reviews, and much, much more. Muzzleloader Magazine is the best traditional muzzleloading magazine, bar none. I'd like to thank Jason at Muzzleloader Magazine for his continued support of I Love Muzzleloading and the I Love Muzzleloading podcast. I don't care what you're into. If you're interested in muzzleloading, this is the kind of magazine I think you need to check out. Thank you, Muzzleloader Magazine, for your support.
1: I have to write that down, pulling and praying. Yep. Just like, I mean, uh, and when, like, when you talked about who who is possible to do this, I mean, who is... Or does it come to age, an age category to, I mean, male, female, we have women's championships and women's matches. And I tell you right now, we have some amazing, amazing women shooters down there that would give any guy a run for their money on the trap line.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the, I mean, the the couple of matches I saw in September, it was there was some pretty good ribbon going back and forth there. Uh, <laughs> that was really, yeah. I mean, it's really neat. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's really refreshing for me to see it. at Friendship, especially, just a variety of shooters. I mean, you have big guys up there, you know, six plus feet tall that are just kind of jacked. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. just big dudes out there shooting, yeah. and then you have the whole range all the way down to. Petite, but we'll just shoot the daylights out of it. Ladies yeah. and kids down there. That's just incredible. And they're all think, just having fun.
1: Yeah. I think that's one thing that I mean, I, I would personally I'm biased obviously, but I would consider shooting one hundred percent a sport. I mean, like you said, walking for a hundred birds, 20 feet all the time, that gets on you physically. Mm-hmm. And then you to keep your composure gets on you mentally. And we've got, I mean, we've got young kids like, um, Caden farmer, he's down there. He is, I think he'll turn 16 this year, ran, ran a match. I mean, ran 20 birds and then it wasn't just a match. It mm-hmm. was the dove match, which has the birds flying I mean, they might be 20 feet in the sky and they may be three foot off the ground and 20 birds. And he ran it. I mean, just like I didn't even know anybody's ever ran it. And I asked him, I said, hey, how'd you how'd you shoot that? He said, uh, I, I hit them all. I was, like, <laughs> no. I was like, no way. It's like, seriously? He's like, yeah, I ran them I'm like all 20. Yep, smoked them. I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't ever. There's no way. I I I I'd miss my fifth bird and quit. Right. Yeah. You're just kinda like, oh wow. Yeah. So and then we've got guys like Jack True Love down there. I think he shoot I think he's 85 let eighty-five. Let's let's say I know he's mid to late eighties. And he loads up his gun puts it on his puts it in a like a um like, like a walker and there's he has a little gun rack with a lock so it's all safe puts it on his walker wheels his walker to his station unhooks his gun pulls it out shoots the gu- shoots the bird puts it back in there and takes it back and reloads Mid mid to late 80s, and he is still burning powder and breaking birds with the best of them. I mean, that's – I hope we
0: can all be doing that when we're that age. Oh, I you mean, me come both. on.
1: <laughs> you and me both. I just, told, I just told mom the other day, I said, if it comes down to the point where I am in a car wreck or something and I can't break – and I can't go shoot and yell you know, pull and break birds, I said, you might as well just pull the plug on me because I, I don't even see much point of living anymore. Right. I mean, oh yeah, it's a great it's great it's a great place, the great people.
0: Absolutely. So are you able to do a lot of hunting with your muzzle loaders or your muzzle loading shotguns?
1: Um I I have um here and there. Mm-hmm. So I do go turkey hunting with my I've got a Thompson Center encore and thankfully Thompson Center made a two oh nine ignition by twelve. So it's, you know, a lot of people know about the Encore 209 by 50, Mm. which is just a 50 caliber 209 ignition uh, muzzling rifle, but they made a 209 by 12 Encore barrel. And, um, I do go hunt with that for Turkey, um, about the past three or four years, I've been taking my over under, um, number 11 cap in line. Um that was that Vic Beeson made. I've been taking that um pheasant and quail hunting just on put and take hunts. No no wild birds or nothing, but um just on put and take hunts and it's been oh my gosh. It's it's more fun than you can shake a stick at, I'm telling you for a fact.
0: Oh, I'd yeah. love to do that someday.
1: Yeah, you get you get uh you get guys out there and of course I, I always ask the dog handlers, I'm like, hey, are they are the dogs gonna be good of like smoke? comes out and they're like what do you mean i'm like <laughs> like i'm hunting like a loader they're like nah are you serious as i'm putting on my possibles bag you know <laughs> running, running my ramrod through my possible slings and they're like wait seriously i'm like yeah like i'm they're like well, well you ain't gonna hit nothing with that what are you doing just playing with it i'm like <laughs> whatever man yeah Uh, yeah.
0: let's go (laughs) you'll
1: you'll see here you'll see just let a bird fly you'll see so it's always a good time seeing i like i said nothing i'm the best shooter in the world but it's it's always a good time when a bird flushes and three guys miss with a 12 gauge modern gun and here i am like ah i'll just give it like a four or five foot lead out there it'll be all right boom that gun goes off that bird drops and they all their jaws are just on the ground. <laughs> I, Did you hit that? I'm like, well, yeah, I hit it. You know, I just, well, what is that? 12 gauge muzzleloader, you know, not just, it's another piece of junk. You know, <laughs> <laughs> So that's what it's, it's always, it's always downplayed by a lot of the, a lot of society that, Oh, they're, that's nothing. that's, you're not going to do anything good with that. Well, little do they know it's, it, it's efficient and way more fun than a modern.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the the extra steps aren't aren't a hindrance. They're they kind of add no. enjoyment to it.
1: No. And like I so I got that double barrel, you know, if one bird flashes, I just tell everybody, Let's take a little let's take a little break here. We'll all we'll all take a little breather while I start reloading. Right. You know, I, I go ahead and reload, then they're like, Well, oh, you ready? I'm like, Yeah, I'm waiting on you guys, you know? Just, <laughs> Having to reload my gun here.
0: Catch your breath, guys. Let's go. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just making excuses. Yeah,
0: well, that's all part of the fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's a blast though. But yeah, I mean, and I've not killed a, a turkey with that with that Encore barrel, but maybe one of these days. One of these days, it'll it'll
0: happen. This coming year, man, it's going to be a good year.
1: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. The hardest <laughs> part about turkey hunting, as I mean, I think you said you got quite a few turkeys up in northern Indiana, but yeah. I'm over here East Central Indiana, and turkeys are far and few between. So that that gun's good to about mm, thirty, forty yards. I'd feel very confident in killing a bird at that distance with that gun. Man, that's awesome. Yep.
0: So, what tips would you have for somebody that was new to muzzle loading? you know, just kind of, we can go broad here, we can go shotgun specific, but I I always like to ask this question.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I think the best thing for anybody that is even just slightly curious on black powder is don't be shy. Don't, and don't be scared to, I mean, look like a fool, you know, you, you got to ask questions, get around people that are already acquainted with it meet people online um dude like that the i love buzz loading group that you and me that you just started and but we're all on. you know yeah that is that is such a great um asset to somebody that's new i mean you can find so much information on facebook groups um you know, thinking if I told that to my grandpa, if he was still alive, like Facebook groups, you're getting information off of Facebook groups. You, you but, yeah, I mean, sometimes
0: you want to make sure that you're reading both sides because sometimes the, the answer is in, in between, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's just so much information out there. And I mean, I know that a, I'm sure most or a lot of listeners might not be within friendship driving range. But man, just... Don't be scared to go up to somebody at friendship, either on the shot especially on the shotgun line, the trap line, any of those lines on there that shoot shotgun. Don't be scared to go up to somebody and say, What is that? Yeah. You know, what what are you shooting? Like how do you load it? And chances are, I'd venture to say 99.9% of anybody down there on the trap line would say, Do you want to shoot it? Like you will load up some and you can shoot it. I mean, it's, I I think that it's very intimidating for new shooters because there's so much, there's so much to it. I mean, there's so many, not just to shooting it, but to loading it, the, the, the items you need to load it. I mean, one finding it, but also making sure that you have the right stuff. I mean, black powder has so many different brands and then they're looking at one F, two F, three F four, F okay. Well now what do I need? Then you're looking at okay, number 10 caps, number eleven caps, do I need do I need musket caps? What do I there's so much stuff to it and it's really intimidating for people. But I think I would I, I would venture to say, and I from what I have seen, it's true, ninety-eight percent of the of the black powder muzzle loading community in general are the nicest. Genuine people that you'll ever meet.
0: I mean, you can. I couldn't agree more.
1: You can reach out to anybody, and if they say, and if you say, "What are you shooting?" or "Hey, I'm looking for a muzzleloading shotgun," or "I'm looking for a muzzleloader in general," where where do I go about getting one? You know, we can. We all know some some place somewhere somebody that has one for sale, or that that you can buy one i mean you can go buy a a brand new pettersoli side-by-side shotgun are they the the greatest things to ever come off of the face of the earth in the shotgun world probably not is there worse yes is there better of course but for a great starting gun that's sub the thousand dollar mark it's, it's great. It yeah. gets you. That's what I started on. I started 100%. I got into muzzleloading shotgun. I won the U shoot in 2000 and 2010, 2010. I won the U shoot first place prize was a Pettersoli side by side, 12 gauge shotgun with screw and chokes. And at the time, at the time I was a offhand shooter. <laughs> I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this? Like I got it home, wiped it down with oil, put it in the gun safe. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not a shotgun shooter. Well, then a couple of buddies that I knew down there, they were like, Hey, why don't, why don't you come shoot the Calcutta with us? Which is that Wednesday night specialty match. And I was like, all right, I'll go down there. And I'll just play with you guys on Wednesday night. You know, never look back. Right. Literally was, is the most fun I've ever had. And I pick up my offhand gun maybe once every other year, <laughs> once, maybe once a year I might. And I'm, I'm a shotgun shooter now. Hmm. So there's, there's a lot of starting out shotguns that will get you where you want to go that you can buy, keep, use it. And if you're like, you know, I want to upgrade there's They're super easy to pass on to sell to somebody else or, just keep them. Make them a field gun. Yeah. I guess that you know you want to upgrade your competition gun, but you still want a gun that you don't mind if you if you have to set it down in a in a bean field or, or something like that. Take your Pedersoli. I mean, it's they're they're great guns that are less than I think I want to say they're like eight eight hundred dollars, which isn't cheap. But for any gun nowadays, there's not a cheap brand new gun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of where you're at with materials and inflation. Yeah. Um, you're just yeah. that's kind of the price range that you're at, you know, and yeah. it's it's a bummer, but you just have to save for a couple more months or another year or something is how I look at it. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, we're all kind of affected by by the the world right now. So,
2: Yeah.
1: We all just kind of have to have to deal with it. I mean, I I, I hate it. I mean, I don't nobody likes it. No. What else, what else are you going to do, you know? So I, I think that's a, great, that's a great way to get started. I mean, just a great starting gun. Um, talk to Mike Eater at Flintlocks. Um, he has all the wads and shot that you can need. And burn go, if you're going to burn powder, just my two just my cents. <laughs> Making your plug there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try to get plug. you a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. No, but there's a bunch of guys. And, like, when it comes to powder, I mean, if anybody's getting wants to get technical, I mean, Matt McGraw, he shoots Swiss in his – I think it's Swiss. I'm pretty sure he shoots Swiss in his shotgun. I mean, he is that serious. He wants – Swiss is so precise and so quality-controlled, I should say, Yeah. that, I mean, it's – that's what he shoots. But we've got – I mean, I think a majority of the guys on there are shooting Go-X – we 've got several shooters probably 10 15 guys I know shoot old Innsford. I mean and the guys are shooting 2f and 3f I mean that's I shoot 3f go X but there's plenty of guys that are shooting 2f also
0: hmm do you do you personally notice much difference between the granulations
1: um, granulations I yes I think 3f is, is quite a bit I don't know if i say quite a bit, but it's, it's hotter. I can shoot an ounce and an eighth of 3F to an ounce and an eighth of 2F straight. And yeah, I'm sure it's, I think, I think I feel a little more velocity in the 3F. Now, is it in my head? Probably 80% of it's in my head, you know, Uh, uh but, but, but do I feel that the 3F is hotter and I'm getting more speed and I'm breaking the verge because I'm shooting 3F? probably but if that's just breaking birds i'll keep on shooting my 3f you know You're right yeah
0: <laughs> if it's if it works don't don't mess with it
1: yeah so yeah um but yeah i just i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that do a lot of different things that it works you know i could if it, it's kind of like monkey see monkey do you know you, yeah. you look at you look at matt McGraw and, and he's and he went 99 for 100 shooting swiss Well, do you go out there and say, I'm going to start shooting Swiss? Right. No. no. You shoot what works for your gun and you shoot what you shoot best that you can financially afford and make the best of it. And as long as you're having fun and hitting some birds, you can't ask for much more than that.
0: I couldn't agree more on that. Find what works and let her rip. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yep. don't 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 church it up dirt <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: I will say though on the on the subject of of muzzle loading shotguns, I cannot believe at what working grade originals would go for.
1: Oh my gosh yeah
0: I mean if you are if you are dead set that you need a muzzleloading side by side you know nothing against crazy. the Pedersoles at all yeah Not at all but man. I mean, I was told this week about three original percussion side-by-sides for like 750 to $800 a piece.
1: Seriously?
0: Yeah, out in Pennsylvania. And it's just... Wow it's just and it's nuts i mean and i noticed too i like looking at the racks at friendship you know just to see what's out there and even on the trap range now and then there'll be a nice piece and now it's yeah. not it's not going to be necessarily a champion shooter but if you're no. wanting something to go hunting with or to bust some birds with there's nothing i mean it's just crazy yeah.
1: i mean i was talking to brandon smith the other day and he was talking about you know it'd be nice to have a, a new mcgraw underhammer gun you know, it'd be great. Everybody wants the newest, nicest stuff, especially coming from a builder like Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt McGraw. He is, it's, there's not much better when it comes to brand new off the shelf. But, you know, is it really, is it really going to be that's the cutting edge to break one or two more birds? Probably not. Right. Probably not. I mean, it might make you feel good. Ooh, I got the, I got the newest thing. This is the one. Yeah. Uh, like my dad said when he was, my, my dad was still alive and we were, I was shooting offhand guns. He said, Aaron, you know how to shoot. You need to learn how the gun shoots. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows how, well, most listeners probably know how to load a muzzle loader, powder patch ball, you know, powder wads shot, you know, but that's, that's just, everybody knows how to do that. You need to learn how to shoot the gun and how to accurately, precisely do what you're trying to do with with that gun. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot more to it than just equipment. I mean, I, that's yeah. what I said. You guys can get a petter solely and and crush birds with that petter solely. And then you're like, well, I got something nicer. Well, you might want something nicer, but dang, going if you're if you're crushing birds with that $800 petter solely. Well, I mean, why, why can't you know? <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'll tell you right now, any listener listening, i tell you for a fact, if you can find a original, shootable, I mean, not doesn't have to be pristine bore, just has to be shootable, original, for less than 800 bucks, you might as well just go ahead and pick it up.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> it's a steal at that point. Yeah.
1: I mean, my goodness, yeah. I have noticed that. Now that you mentioned that, and I think back to like the prices of those guns at Friendship for sale, the prices are not, they're not ridiculous.
0: No, I mean, I see stuff on the forums, you know, like yeah. Na- Navy Arms, like side-by-sides yeah. and things, going for more than nice <laughs> English or Belgian originals. And, it, yeah. and I'm not talking like investment guns, you know, big yeah. auction house guns, but no. guns that have worked in the fields and could, you know, still have some life in them. You know,
1: I tell you right now, a prime example of you, you always love to talk to the guy that doesn't know what he has. Mm. You know, I went, I went to a gun shop up in Michigan. True, true story. True as the day is long. Okay. Went to a gun shop in Michigan. This guy had this double barrel in the corner of this gun shop. And I was like, well, kind of piqued my interest there. I'll check that out. Looked at it. It was an original crab crawl crab claw Wesley Richards. Well or it was a tin bore, Tin bore. Hammer hammer gun crab claw. I'm like, What you got on this? He said, Ah, it'll never shoot again. It'll never shoot again. It's just a wall hanger, never shoots. It's got a dent in the barrel and it'll never shoot. I like, well, <laughs> how much do you want for it? And he was like, 125 bucks. I'll take we'll take it.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I'm like uh yeah yeah sure I'll take it. I'm like the locks, just the locks are worth five hundred dollars. I'm like, what, what, what are, what are you doing? Like, which I mean, in that situation, the guy named his price. I now, mean, I don't want yeah. to, r- I don't want to, I don't want to run over people that are just trying to make it, make a living here. Right. But like, you name your price for a hundred twenty-five dollars for a Wesley Richards. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll take that. So, so can you
0: do anything? I mean, how bad was the dent in the barrel?
1: Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was about uh, probably eight inches from the, from the muzzle. And it, I mean, it was, it was a pretty nasty dent. I bet you the dent was an eighth inch thick. I mean, it was probably an eighth inch into oh, it. Jeez. Um, but no, I took a, I talked to Steve Chapman mm-hmm. and he had a, he had a, um, which he, Steve chapman shoots on the offhand line down there super nice guy again he uh he had a 12 gauge um dent puller for a barrel oh really well, this was a tin bore and i was like you think it'll work he said i don't give it a shot what are you what are you out you know if it doesn't work right so i i got it and i slowly but surely i think it took me two hours to get that dent out of that barrel because i was so scared of that damascus barrel oh yeah you don't want that to open up yeah, so I t- I went so slow and I'd I'd crank it out and then I'd tap 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 all around that dent and then crank it out some more. But anyways, no, the dent came out beautifully. Um, the um, the lever, the lever opening lever mm-hmm. was was broken missing. Ah. Well, I've actually got it to a guy down in down in Tennessee right now. He's he's working on it to just try to fab up a, an opening lever an opening lever for it and we'll see what happens. I told him, I said, when you get it fixed, take it out, shoot. I mean, shoot it. take yeah. it out and I mean,
0: That's awesome.
1: It'll it's, but like, yeah, just the prices of stuff. I mean, in all honesty, like you said, for, for the inflation, the economy that we're in right now, prices of muzzleloaders. And, and I don't know if I'd say guns in general, but for sure, muzzleloaders, they're, they're fairly reasonable.
0: I've been – it's something I'm going to cover at some point. I'm, I'm kind of trying to wrap up the research on it this winter. Yeah. Um, but even just through a basic inflation calculator, when the Thompson Center Hawken was first released, it was $250. Yep. That money today is over $1,200. Yep. I don't know anybody that would pay $1,200 today <laughs> for a Thompson Center Hawken.
1: No, uh, you'd be you'd be lucky to get up to get a fourth of that.
0: Right. You know, and, and so like yeah, people... I, I'm not justifying the, the price increases. But no. in context, you know, if somebody like for guys like us, we we never saw the seventies or the eighties. <laughs> we barely yeah. we saw a little bit of the nineties. Um, yeah. you know, to age us here a little bit, but you know, we're just kind of stuck where we're at and it's either it's either buy the stuff and, and go out there and do it or or not. And it kind of stinks to not. So we're out here trying to do it.
1: Yeah, just like being you talked about down there after that night match, you know, if GoX is $24 a pound, you know, and it's but it's made in the United States now. Yeah, you're going to pay that uh, that made in America premium. But my love for black powder and just the camaraderie with everybody down there, I'm not going to say. Nope, I'm not going to friendship because I can't afford twenty four dollars a pound. I mean, heck, I think in the in the fall shoot, I went through six pounds. I went through six pounds of powder. <laughs> that's a I chunk, mean, dude, in
0: a week. That's a chunk.
1: I mean, I'm not made of money over here, but you know like I love that's my vacation. Like yeah. I love to go down there and shoot and talk to everybody and meet up with people that I don't see. I mean, even you and me, I mean, we might see each other we might see each other outside of the shoots maybe one time. Yeah. But like I only get to catch up with guys like you and others twice a year. So that's that's my time. I'll pay the premium of the Made in America go X and be able to still shoot if that's what it takes yeah
0: I mean that's what that's what I do is you know every paycheck that comes in there's a little you know, there's a slice set aside for diapers and groceries and all that stuff. And there's a, there's a small slice at the end of it, you know, (laughs) that is, that is little muzzleloading stuff, you know, so that when I go to like friendship, you know, I can go and and pay to shoot a few matches and and grab some powder and get some supplies. And because, and, and, and we all do that, you know, that's just, that's what we do. And that's what, what any hobby does, Um, you know, it's just how it goes.
1: I and mean, bills bills still happen whether you have hobbies or not. Right. <laughs> I mean, you still like you said you got diapers and bills and gas and food and you and you and the wife still want to go out and do stuff and go and catch a movie or something. Like you're, it's not going to stop you from doing those things. You yeah. just have to be conscious that hey, June's coming up and I want to do this. Well, then you you just learn how to budget.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like everything else. It's just, it's just budgeting on that, you know, and and how much you want to do it dictates how much that budget's going to be.
1: Yep. Yeah. But that's, that's the price you pay to go shoot in the greatest place on earth.
0: That's right, man. There's nothing else (laughs) like it. I mean, it's just, I think I'm just now like this week coming off of the high from, from being down there and shooting, you know, and having fun and seeing everybody.
1: hundred percent. I bet you, I, I got the guns clean and everything put away I looked around my house and I was like, "Well, this is this is kind of sad. Like, I gotta wait till June of next year to go down there to spend a week. But I mean, we still have some weekend shoots. I think we still have the turkey shoot, and I'm actually heading down there this weekend um, for the Boy Scout shoot to volunteer to.
0: Oh, fantastic!
1: Yep, yeah, to help with the Boy Scouts. So they're, they're, I don't I don't know how many kids they're gonna put through, but I think they said like 150 200 kids were gonna shoot through the trap range.
0: Man, that's awesome."
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Like I said, passing, passing it on to the next guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, great, man. I really appreciate you coming on and chat with me this evening. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you yep. know, That's, is there anything else that you'd like to cover that we may have missed?
1: No, I, th- I think, I think we pretty well spread the message of uh, how fun, how fun the trap shooting is, and how fun muzzling, muzzling tr- uh, shotgun shooting in general is. It's, it's a blast. <laughs> if anybody's makes the friendship come down and, and, uh, don't, don't hesitate to ask anybody to, to shoot. Um, we'll, we'll get you guys hooked up. Mention, mention Ethan and this, and this little podcast and (laughs) and we'll get you guys guys taken care of. No problem.
0: Oh, I have, I have one question for you. Yes, sir. If I was wanting to come down with my double barrel in June and not look like a total fool, how should I practice? What should I do to practice?
1: Um, so uh, you, you got a twelve gauge. Yeah. Yep. So um, I w- pretty much every twelve gauge, um, I just suggest ounce and eighth of of powder, whatever powder you prefer, and then um, your over sh- over powder card. I personally, I take my cushion wads, and I I cut them in half. Because if you if I load a full cushion wad, a lot of times that'll blow a hole in my mm-hmm. pattern.
0: That's what I was finding.
1: Yep. So I take a half a cushion, and then I load an ounce and an eighth of of whatever your desired shot seven and a half sixes, which whatever you have, and then you're overshot. And to practice your trap, I mean, I would either take a do you have like a like a hand like not a hand third but yeah yeah. Like, like the foot thrower, okay. the, the the manual spring, and then you pull a string or you, your foot pedal, and it unlo- and it throws the bird. Okay, I'd get that. Like, if you get that like fifteen foot in front of you, throwing straightaways, and you're hitting those pretty good, man, that's that's all you need.
0: Okay, I'll keep that in mind here and see if I can get any yeah. of that done.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's. That's the best way that I can do. And now if you if you get lucky, I don't know what gun ranges you have around you. Um, a lot of ranges have loading benches or at least a loading I don't know about loading benches, like we are known to have loading benches, but mm-hmm. at least like a bench behind their trap line. And if you ask them and you say, Hey, I'm shooting muzzle loading trap, is it okay if I just go out here and get ten birds? A lot of them will let you. I know that if you go to Indiana Gun Club and tell them that you're going to shoot muzzle and trap, they'll, that's no problem for them. Awesome. Yep. So that's some place that people can go and practice and it's a great facility. I mean, not a little plug for Indiana Gun Club, but it really is a great facility.
0: Well, that's good to know. I'm always hunting little places to go, you know, a little day trip here and there
1: yeah if anybody has any questions that they want to they want to direct to me ex- exactly you can find me on that I love muzzleloading um, page on, on Facebook I'm on several social medias but honestly to reach out to me that would probably be the best one so if you have any questions to me if I don't know the answer I will for sure find somebody that does know the answer so we'll get ta- we'll get anybody taken care of with any questions they have
0: I'd like to thank Aaron again for coming on to the podcast here and spending an evening with me, answering questions and, and sharing some knowledge about muzzleloading shotguns. I'm really interested in obviously all aspects of muzzleloading here, but the muzzleloading shotgun space I think is is really interesting because uh, you know shotguns are typically thought of as the least accurate arms out there, um, and then when you throw in muzzleloading. Along with that, like Aaron said there, there's just kind of this general thought that these aren't usable, they aren't functional, you know, we've we've moved on from them. But it's really something to see uh, Aaron and the other muzzleloading shotgun shooters, really the, the champions of, of a lot of the contemporary competition here, going at it and busting clays. If you're interested in this, I should have at least one video out around the similar time as this podcast goes out on the Isle of Muzzloading channel, and I will do my best to link that in the episode description so that you can see at least one of these matches, how they go down. Um, and get a little bit of a sense and get some visual for what Aaron is talking about with these matches, because it is really interesting. Once these matches get going, it's kind of a well-oiled machine as everybody starts running through uh, and, and busting birds. It's, just, it's really neat, and I, I just want to mention that in case you want a visual to go along with a little bit what we're talking about i also have a link to the I Love muzzle loading Facebook group that Aaron very kindly mentioned. It's kind of our group hangout spot on Facebook. It kind of makes uh, or takes up the place really of an I Love muzzle loading forum where we can talk a little bit about muzzleloading, answer questions, and and share a little bit uh, you know from everybody uh, what we're all doing in muzzleloading and, and share research and knowledge and tips and tricks and things. Uh, so if you're interested in or you have some questions about what we've been talking about, feel free to start up a thread in that Facebook group. Uh, If you're not on Facebook, which I totally understand and and massively respect, (laughs) um, you can reach out to me via email and I'll do my best to put you in contact uh, with Aaron here on, uh, or have him, I'll pass along questions and then get them back to you, get the answers back to you so we can uh, share a little bit more of this knowledge because it's a a lot to go through even in the, the hour or so that we spent here this evening. There's a lot to digest, and I'm sure it's it's generated some questions. So please ask them. It uh, gets my head going a little bit on on answering some of this stuff and, and trying to answer or find answers, really. And uh, Aaron so kindly uh, mentioned his willingness to answer those questions as well. So I, I really appreciate that, Aaron. That's all I've got for you this week. We've got uh, plenty of videos, plenty of articles, and, and more podcasts on the way. You can find everything at ILoveMuzzleLoading.com. We've got muzzleloading news, reviews, and and much, much more. A lot of goofy times at the range here, but um, you know it's all in good fun. So you can find that, as always, at ilovemuzzloading.com. Once again, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.